Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. And time to head all the way to Monaco. Nice place to be if you've got a flash car or if your salary's well paid, which is for, uh, would appear for Formula E racer. Uh, Nick Cassidy, life's okay. Because I, I see, uh, was it yesterday, Nick, that you were playing on the clay court somewhere with uh, Lucas Degrassi, a bit of tennis, you mean, me old boy? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just here sleeping on his sofa, mate. Um, no flash cars. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to it. Oh, my goodness. I heard that you're a massive Thorn Reeve fan and wanted to keep you on the show. So I thought that, that's awesome. I'm fine with you, Oh, and oh. there goes the call out straight away. How are you, mate? There it is. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm, I'm good. Um, great great to, to be on here, guys. Thanks for for getting me on for a chat. It's been been too long. Well, it's going to be a long one, so it's settled in and on Lucas's couch with your your <laughs> your pims or whatever flash sparkling yeah. water you uh, you're having at the moment. Here we go. <laughs> hey, uh, are you having to are you having to get in on his Wi-Fi as well, mate? Because you're struggling to be able to afford a SIM card, or what's the go? Yeah, I asked him for a phone, so I hope that this one's working all right. But no, I think it's, I think it's all good, mate. Mate, you, you are you are full of it. I've seen your I've seen your Insta post, mate. You are, you are living the life of Riley, but and and deservedly so. Talk to us about yep. your DTM weekend and Al, uh, driving the Alfa Tori Ferrari. Uh, for, first of all, your own experience of having having a nudge at DTM. Um, I guess there's a, there's a fair bit to talk about from that one. Um, mm. Yeah, I so I think overall it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I've had a little bit to do with DTM before um, with the the previous generation cars, which uh, I've been racing in, in Japan with Super GT as well, and, and we've done the the joint race and things. And at the end of last year, or oh, two years ago, um, at Fuji, so I knew what DTM was kind of about. But obviously, it's had a, a pretty big change this year going to to GT3 and. Um, Watching watching Liam and, and Alex this year, they've been doing a, a pretty good job. So it, it was entertaining, and um, and then to go into the final round, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't expect to to be competitive as I I, have, I haven't really done much GT3 stuff before, and um, I kind of kind of went better than than I was expecting. So that yeah, that was pretty cool, and unfortunately, it didn't really work out. For, for the team and for, for Liam, but uh, overall, it was it was quite a nice experience anyway. Yeah, the the, um, the Ferrari, the GT3 car there. Uh, I mean, it's is it uh, pretty well they the same as what other people would be running in other categories? Is are they exactly the same in DTM the the GT3 car? I I honestly don't know. Um, oh. I I really I really have I really have. Very, very little information about it. Um, I know that the BOP is slightly different for, for DTM. They do their own BOP, yeah. and, of course, there's that little little game between manufacturers each weekend. Um, yeah. And to be honest, quite lucky to, to walk into the final round where, I mean, the manufacturers going for the championship were throwing everything at it, right? There was no, there was no hiding from anyone, so that was pretty cool. Hey, let's talk about... Uh, was that, has that been... Oh, sorry, Steve. Team orders. Uh, has I, that been quite hard then for Ferrari this year, um, being that there was only the the two the two cars hard for AF Corsa 
being that there's, they only had the two to work with when obviously there's, um, you know, Mercedes and uh, Audi had a lot, a lot more cars? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I think Audi, Audi, Audi played the, the game quite well. Ferrari do as well. Um, it's just, I guess, um, that's off-record comment, right? So, um, <laughs> you're right. It, it's uh, yeah, exactly. Um, no, especially if you've got a like Mercedes have seven or eight cars, it's quite difficult for them to to control the performance. So. Um, always Mercedes cars because they have so many are quite close whereas I think uh, Audi and Ferrari they kind of have to split the cars on performance a little bit um, obviously if you've got two cars at the front your BOP is not going to be not going to be that great whereas if you've got one at the front and one one a few tens back it's a bit easier to, to argue um, a few things. You saw what happened uh, to, to Liam you know what happened from from the first corner but I got the impression and the, the commentators were making it quite clear you had the opportunity to try and spoil the party. When did you get the message to say, hey, do you think you can have a crack at this? I was driving with, a, with an Italian team. I don't think that the radio was, was that calm <laughs> and clear um, after that. <laughs> it, was, it was quite funny. We, we didn't say a word for the first 10 laps, even, even after the incident. I didn't, didn't jump on the radio. Um, I just knew that <laughs> what the situation kind of was. Um, but yeah, I was, I was man. I, I had actually had like a mega race in race two, and in a weird way, it made it a lot of fun for, for me to to be far back and and to to come through. Um, and the the only thing that I wasn't really aware of was that um, most guys had already done their pit stop because they were half a lap ahead, and you lose more or less one lap when you. When you box, um, you don't really see when other guys are pitting or not. Whereas sometimes, you know, other categories or other racetracks, you see when guys are out of sequence quite easily. Um, and so at the end of the race, I was, I was coming for Gotts and, and Jungadea there, and uh, I think it maybe eight or nine laps to go. And I got the call, um, okay, when you get to the Mercedes, we'll box. And I was kind of thinking to myself, well, hang on, guys, we. I don't think that the undercut will work. Surely they're waiting for me to get to them and we'll box one lap later. But, yeah, that already already boxed. So I had, wasn't really aware of that. Um, and then when I've come back out, I've obviously been behind the group of them. Um, but time was kind of against my against against me. So, yeah, I probably got a bit impatient at the end there trying to get to God. So I knew if I didn't clear them... Um, his little defenders quickly that I wasn't going to get to, to got. So, yeah, it didn't quite work out, but but nearly. What was the, what was the sort of the, the game plan um, on the weekend, knowing obviously where, where the championship was at and you were arriving in that situation? Obviously, the it was really important for, for Ferrari, of course, to take out the uh, the team. Oh, no, which one did they win? Uh, sorry, the teams, wasn't it? Uh, the team championship? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. what was... What was the um, what was sort of discussed and uh, behind the scenes and you know what mm, expectation? I mean, you obviously just said before that you didn't expect to be so fast, but you turned out to be very quick straight away. Um, so, was there much of a sort of a plan amongst the two of you to try and uh, work together? And, and clearly, you know that all went wrong. But um, did you discuss that and how you were going to try and support Liam? Um, honestly, not until Sunday, or until or probably until Saturday. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, when I arrived, it was more, I don't think that they were expecting me to, to really be in the game either. I, I'd only done the half day with them earlier in the year in May um, and nothing else. And so they were quite aware I was short on mileage and short on driving time this year. Um, so I think they were quite surprised and equally as myself um, with where the performance ended up being and how far um, I could kind of, or how much I could influence the game in the end. And um, we ended up having to do a fair bit, fair bit with the car and things. I don't think we were quite where we were wanting to be or where they were wanting to be with that second car throughout the year. And um, obviously Liam was doing a, a great job and being being the reference at Norris Ring. Um, but then on my side of the garage, it wasn't all plain sailing. And so we had a fair bit to sort out, but we're each session kind of getting through the list of things and just getting stronger and stronger. And then by race one, the pace was quite good. And I could um, basically put pressure on Van der Linde through that race. And I mean, and this was probably one of the worst things for me that, that went unnoticed. Um, that I was running long into the race and kind of come up. <laughs> it was quite funny, actually, in the in the briefing before the race. I said, all right, well, in the end, it doesn't really matter for me where I finish, but for Liam to score max points and be risk-free on strategy, the best thing to do is to run me to the end of the race and to have Liam not a lap down to me. And, and they couldn't really work it out. And I said, well, <laughs> if I'm behind Liam with a one lap, pit stop he's going to come out in front and as long as i'm running to the very end of the race any car any time that there's a safety car in the race everyone behind me on track goes a lap down and liam and any other car will obviously catch the field and be guaranteed for uh, the top three finish essentially um and so my whole strategy was all right be the first car behind liam keep him on the lead lap and everyone else a lap down and run to the last lap and and it's really safe for the team and so I think, yeah, halfway through that first race, Van der Linde's come out of the pits in front of me and for about seven or eight laps had blue flags and not been wanting to give way to me because obviously if he does, he loses race time, but also he'll go a lap down. Um, oh. But yeah, that went, that went, that went ignored. Um, the stewards, I think, weren't wanting to give a penalty for that to not disrupt the, the championship game. And wow. obviously, yeah, that was for me quite bullshit because at the same time, had I been cleared there, I, I mean, I would have come out of the box and in second, probably given the place back to yeah. Liam, which which is a, a, irrelevant really. Yeah. But yeah, but being on the podium with Liam day, day one, and um, so that's where the games kind of started, and obviously, uh, yeah. Audi wow. and, and Vanderlinde were pretty pretty worked up about that. Wow, <laughs> that that is that has opened up a whole new can of whoop ass when you that think about. A, that's a great piece that is of a, information. Amazing, amazing. So those dumbass uh, stewards really and didn't really know what they were doing. Hey, no, no, I want to I want to say that. But, uh, I mean, like, oh, sorry, I did. Stewards, stewards in any championship. <laughs> no, no, be, but being serious, like, mm. yeah, but mm. being serious, like stewards in any championship have a bloody tough tough role, and you know, if, yeah. It's it's it is it is tough, I think. But um, it was more it was more um, political. Day two, I think. Was, no, no. 
I'm I'm leading into not being political. Um, <laughs> you are. You are. You're beautifully political yeah. right now by saying I said it rather than you said it, and that's fine, mate. Hey, don't go anywhere. Look, just go make yourself a quick little uh, a little prick little espresso on Lucas Degrassi's coffee machine, <laughs> and we'll come back to you in just a moment. We've got to take a wee break. Nico, uh, let's just uh, before we talk Formula E because we do want to talk to you about your first season um, full time in Formula E. Uh, just just give us the rundown from your perspective um, of what did actually happen at the start of uh, race two there in the in the final round of the championship and 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 then you know uh, all the uh, rollout of what happened afterwards. Um, yeah, inter- interesting one. I think. Uh... For, for me, race one and race two were very different um, incidents. I think on on yep. race in race one, obviously he's gone through a bit of a, a desperate lunge. Um, I mean, I, I said to Liam after the race, I said, "Look, yeah, maybe the move was was desperate, but there was half a car was there. He did have the opportunity yep. to to go for that space." I said, "Day two, man." You just don't leave him, leave him any space. He's not going to go around the outside if you, you you break where you want to make the corner, but just don't give him that opportunity. And Liam did a fa- fantastic job with that, fully covering to the inside. And so I think that's what really changed the, the two incidents. Um, on mm. top of that, I'd had quite a good start as well and kind of boxed him in behind Liam. And if I was breaking quite late. And I think, you know, in theory, Liam could have taken the corner. I would have going around the outside and we've been one two and i reckon yeah. he knew that if i was second out of that first corner there was no chance of him getting to lee in that race um yeah and so it was quite desperate on that first corner to stay in front of me um and i mean okay whether he's probably half of his in, in his mind before the start he's probably thought i'm gonna attack liam he was probably surprised that liam covered that much and then secondly, he's tried to more or less break where I have or um, close to it to try to keep that position. But from the start of the breaking zone, um, being on the ABS and not being able to do anything and kind of gone to the inside to avoid everyone, um, which has ended up looking like a clumsy, clumsy pass. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it wasn't a clear, I'm just going to lunge at all, at all costs. I think there was a bit more to it than that, but ultimately um, a huge mistake, which just destroyed Liam's race. What was how? I mean, we've we've we we saw visibly he wears his heart on his sleeve. Does Liam? How? What was the first thing you said to him after it all it all transpired and you you got off the racetrack and sort of just hanging around with the team? Um, just said he'd done a great job all season and and. To be honest, in my opinion, whether he won that championship or finished second is not going to change his, his future. And I told him that. Yeah. I said, look, yeah. you've you've done a. I mean, it's it's all great for the CV. We all we all want a great CV, but you've proved a massive point this year, and um, it's not going to change what you do next year or the year after that in the end. So um, I just kind of reinforced that to him and. Yeah, went in for the handshake and he went in for the hug and had a little moment. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. cool. And I just, I just thought it was, um, you know, very fitting and, and just awesome that the, uh, you were there 
supporting him. I mean, two Kiwis driving on the same team in the DTM in the final round and two Kiwi flags on, on those cars was just awesome. And, I, and also, you know, it, unfortunately, the whole weekend is sort of taken away a little bit and it's great that we've got you on tonight to talk about your performance because, mate, you should be very proud of uh, what you've done. And we know, uh, you know, I'm a fan and you've got a lot of fans over here of, of what you're capable of doing. So I hope that um, that has actually been recognised as well. Uh, but let's move on to you know, Formula E. Um, you know, it, it, we've talked about this uh, off air and, and other moments about you know that this championship and and what it's all about and what it means for you and that kind of stuff. So, give us uh, give us your scorecard and, and your thoughts on on your your season this one and and um, you know what were the challenges? What were the toughest things about uh, being in that championship? Yeah, it was quite it was quite an interesting first year, man. I mean. Um, score scorecard for for me is, isn't great. I I'm in some ways really proud of the first season, but I'm at the same time super frustrated. I mean, it was such an, an up and down year. I feel like I was either yep. first or last kind of thing. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was really up and down. Um, at the same time, a lot of a lot of guys were. It was a little bit the nature of the championship, but of course there are there are always moments where um, you know, you know yourself. You you think you have a, a great opportunity. It doesn't always come together um, on multiple occasions. So, yeah, tough tough championship um, performance on a single lap and at certain tracks was a lot better than I expected. But yeah, that consistency was was worse than I expected. So um, hard to hard to race it really so it's it's a, it's such a competitive championship because one minute you can have a great run and then the next minute you can have a really crappy run so the challenge for you has always been about and i think you and i spoke about this before somewhere else was about the the technical te- technical aspect of it learning this new technical game having just jumped out of a ttm car are you sure you want to go back into an electric car yeah yeah i mean to, to be honest, I, I, I want to do more um, outside of Formula E as well, but the Formula E, um, the amount I learn in that championship and the level of that championship is unreal, um, I, I really must say. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to next season, having another crack. It, it won't be won't be easy for sure, but, um, yeah, I think the level of engineering um, and, and the teams is is pretty extraordinary at the moment and, and also to have... 20 was 24 now 22 professional drivers in the championship makes it makes it pretty um pretty awesome as well you know i've actually got the points up in front of me uh for the season and and just talking about the competitiveness, and I, I have been very much aware of that. And it is—it's got to be the most competitive, as far as driver, the list of drivers go, the most competitive championship there is out there. And the, you finish fifteenth in the in the season. And I'm just looking at the the top fifteen. The last four races, every single driver has at least one no point scoring race amongst them you know no one really has dominated at all it's and how close that championship is you know all the way through in the point standing you know how it went down to the wire i mean that's that is what you want in a championship it's not necessarily what every driver wants because they'd like they just want to win but but i mean it's phenomenal how difficult it must be to try and get a run um you know a run in, in in formula e yeah, um, I mean, like, 
even without the point standings, I finished what, 15th, but less than a race win off the championship win. You know, I went into the final yep. weekend thinking, if, if things go my way here or we end up with a competitive package, we'll be fighting for the championship. <laughs> and um, it ended up nowhere. So it's, it's really quite frustrating on, on that respect. I think a little bit depends on, like I say, your, your package working at certain tracks and certain conditions, temperatures. Um, and then when when things are working for you, you kind of need to bag the points. Um, and because I think all the drivers are on a pretty decent level and, and the teams are operating quite well, um, it's, everyone has that swing of performance depending on where their car is working. And um, it makes it quite quite interesting. But uh, obviously with the, the quality format and things last year, um, there was a lot of talk about that and, and guys maybe not scoring some points when they should have at certain races where the championship um, had a, or the, the track was, was very dirty or something in qualifying. But I think that the last three weekends or so were were quite quite fair and it just more come down to who had the best performance in those last three weekends, which obviously um, DeVries really nailed and I think that made the difference for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was a pretty amazing end to it. Um, hey, you mentioned just before about other things, you know, other than Formula E. I mean, you got to have one one race in a in a, a car with a combustion engine this year. What 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 is or what are you looking at working on? What would you like to be doing uh, to supplement um, this right now? And and are there opportunities out there for someone like you? Yeah, so, uh, there's always opportunities out there. I think um, the hard thing is just making it all, all work. To be honest, man, because you speak to teams or manufacturers and, and they all want priority. They all want, you know, their program to be the main thing. And with Formula E and the amount of races and simulator time and things like that, it's really hard to have um, yeah. time available from December till August kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of about finding a, a program which either doesn't have too many race weekends or you can do partial races. And so for me, I think that that's a little bit DTM and the relationship with Red Bull, depending on what, what happens there and what they want to do. I always enjoy working with them, as you know, and um, maybe WEC or something like that as well. Uh, I really want to do Le Mans. I think that looks like an amazing race. Pretty gutted to have missed out on it the last two years. And um, that's probably on the top of the list and, and then any anything to, to support that, to be better prepared for that, really. What about Bathurst, buddy? Awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it would be would be awesome, but I think in uh, in supercars I'd get my ass kicked, mate. They're, they're, oh, um, what a lot of rubbish. No, no, nah, nah, it's, it's different, isn't it? You've I mean, them like, before, a long time to, ago, but you've... Yeah, but Bathurst, Bathurst is, is, uh, is next level, so... That would that wouldn't be easy to jump down. I've got down there. I've got so no, much it, more confidence in your ability than you have. Then, to be honest, I, to be honest, actually, yeah, you, you're right. I, I listened to um, I listened to the ad just before I jumped on and said, "What's the difference between Greg Murphy and Stephen McIver?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that the same same difference between you and me? Is it? Oh please! Hey Nico, hey, hey, before oh. before we let you go back to the sunshine, the clay courts, the casino of the Principality of Monaco, <laughs> and oh, take your shirt off. Yeah, take your shirt off and, and hop on your bike and do all that stuff that you put on your Instagram. I do have to ask a personal question. Um, your partner is her name Luani, Luena, Luena. 
Yeah, yeah. Just going to ask you, have you, put a, have you put a ring on the finger yet? It's been a while. Just ask it. Oh, here we, here we go. Hey, what are you up to this week, man? You, you doing much? <laughs> good comeback. Hey, Nick Cassidy, it's been always, it is always a pleasure. So always a pleasure having uh, you on the show, mate, and, and chatting about us. But we wish you the best of luck. And don't worry, we'll be calling you again to talk about Formula Uh, as Murph mm. likes to call it. But, uh, but be safe, and here's hoping we see you sometime soon. Awesome. Hey, thanks very much, guys. It's been, been great catching up.